on this week's show, Deal Town's Hatchick Hero on a night to remember. Absolutely buzzing. Buzz, buzzing to get a win, buzzing to get a hat-trick, and I'm uh, really looking forward to the Saturday. And Corinthian manager gets ready for the FA Vars semi-final on Saturday. And I think it's fair to the boys to at least attempt to finish what we started. Um, I think the boys deserve that, and we're, and we're grateful that, that the FA are given this opportunity. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. With the new season now firmly underway, we've got two more interviews for you this week. One with a man who had a night to remember on Tuesday and the other with somebody desperately hoping that Saturday will follow suit. As always, I'm John Phipps, owner of the number one best of best value of 24 Eastbourne Bed and Breakfasts, according to TripAdvisor. And on the line now is a man who genuinely supports a team of trialists. It's Mr. Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Well, I've been a trialist for most of my life, I think, mate, really. Yeah. People under the trialist here, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was expecting the call last night for, from that point of view. But um, what was that award, mate? Sorry? Well, it's not really an award, but uh, it's just well, on, it if you go on, well, no, but if you go on TripAdvisor, they rank all these places by all sorts of things. And apparently we are, uh, of 24 Eastbourne Bed and Breakfast, we are number one best value. Can you can you get um, a, a, something to put up or... I really think? wouldn't. I really wouldn't want to, to be honest. It's just something that I thought. I, I th- basically, I thought this new season, I'm going to try and do as well as taking the mick out of you. I'm going to take the mick out of myself, and that was the the best thing I could come up oh, with this week. So, unremarkable week. Yeah. So business is going well, is it? Weather, when, of course, when I came back from holiday, it was pretty ropey, but and the weekend was wasn't great. So, but what's it been like in? in Sussex finest uh, it's been okay actually we had a little bit of rain over the weekend but not too much it's been a lovely day today and it was a nice day yesterday as well so it's been uh, yeah it's been okay Are you expected it to you know when the kids are now all back um, to drop down or is people still looking to get away at weekends and still stuff? plenty well we're still plenty of bookings and to be honest because we don't really have families here we don't really have kids here right. it doesn't really affect us too much if people come or go so um, we're we're already really busy for for all of september which is really really good and we're busier this september than we were last september so well, can't complain good. about that can you september's a big month because your birthday soon it is uh next week yeah day so, before jack medicines not many we could say that it was um and, and it's nearly a big birthday as well well, it's not. Next year's a big one, so this, big this, this is just an irrelevance this year. I'm, I'm still in my 30s, so it's fine. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, but we're moving on, though, because football, literally, is now back, John. It is, indeed. It's our, Before we talk about football, though, it's 135th episode this week, and whew, hard work to find a cultural reference for that one. But there is a thing called Enoch Cree Nation 135 in Alberta, Canada. It's near Edmonton, and it's an Indian reserve, which is home to 1,690 people. And I will wager that none of those 1,690 people have ever in their life even heard of the Kent Only podcast, let alone listen to an episode. But we know who you are. So hello to everybody in Enoch Cree Nation 135. Is that one of those places when you drive through it, like you see in the film, it says that 1,690 people live there? Probably, I'd imagine so. I yeah. want to go to Canada. Canada seems quite a nice place to go to. So yeah, everyone I've who I've ever known has, has gone there. Has said it's really nice. So maybe one day we'll go and visit. And, and also, but you know, all this COVID thing, you never anything about Canada, do you? Like America's blown up, <laughs> like that. Canada straight back all day long. They might not have any cases, but they just you know never anything about Canada, do you? All these no. I think Canada are a bit like uh, a bit like some of Europe is about us. Like they're just sort of embarrassed by their neighbours and just sort of forget about them. Yeah, but, uh, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, Alberta, of course, as, as I'm sure you're aware, is sort of uh, the fifth, fourth one along of the of the big counties there. So it's over towards the sort of west, uh, and Edmonton is there. And incidentally, last week we were talking about Saskatchewan, and and that's right next to it. So. You know, the, only thing, going on. the only thing I know about Canada, because they, we deal with Canada at work, is they've got not their tax system is absolutely crazy. So rather than like 20 percent VAT, all these different places have like different taxes for different things. And it was that get your head around it. it was there. But if we do have any listeners from Canada, please give us a thumbs up and say, give us a reason why we should visit your country. Because I'd yeah. like to come for this. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And if you've got if you want to put us up and pay for our flights, that'd be even better. Yeah, yeah cool. 
Anyway, on with the show and our first of our two interviews this week. The FA Cup kicked off the season for our scaffold and one of our Isthmian League sides on Tuesday night. And there were some ups and downs, safe to say. But for one young man, it was a night he will never forget. Ben Cardwell is his name and he bagged his first senior hat-trick to help deal town to a 4-0 win over 10-man Naphill to stop a Kent derby in the preliminary round with Sittingbourne. And just after 12 hours after his goal-scoring exploits, Ben's week got even better when his phone rang and Matt Gerrard was on the other end. So here is Deal's hat-trick hero, Ben Cardwell. Oh, I'm buzzing to go tonight. I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm bu- buzzing to get a win, buzzing to get a hat-trick. And uh, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, so the league, st- the league starts Saturday. Tell me about your, your goals. It was quite a tight game against Napier in the first half, but Deal's quality came through. And Is that your first ever hat-trick or in, 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 in uh, senior I've, football? I've, I've scored a bit at youth level, but that's my first senior hat-trick, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really tight game, actually. Like, we, we're actually uh, quite lucky not to go behind. Tonks made a great save from the penalty. But, so, yeah, Tonkin's again from that. the penalty spot. He's a bit of a hero from the spot kicks, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he loves that. He loves doing that, doesn't he? Especially in cup games. But, uh, yeah, no, really buzzing, mate, really. Talk us through any of you. Is there any of the goals that stand out for you? Uh, I think I'll be, all three of them were a bit of... Um, Bit of a whiffy one, uh, lobbing the keeper. But I mean, the, fir- the first one to make it two nil. Uh, I think we needed that as well because it's never like hanging on to a one goal lead, especially against a team with like the attacking players they had. is never uh, never easy. So I think we really needed that second goal. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to get it definitely. And what was the feeling when you got your hat trick goal and the ball hit the back of the net? That must be a fan. You know, the FA Cup. You know, some of the top players who played in the competition might not have scored a hat trick in it. So. That must be something you, could, you must be very, very proud of. Yeah, mate, oh, it, it's a dream come true, really. But, uh, yeah, no, it was an amazing feeling. I sort of knew I, sort of knew I was going to get a hat-trick once I got the second. So I just had that confidence. But, uh, yeah, no, mate, it was really buzzing. Something I definitely won't forget. Oh, that's right. Do you, are you allowed to take the match ball home these days in COVID? COVID uh, I didn't, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure how it works. I might get in contact, see if I can get a ball or something, but... Look, the main thing is we won, and I'm, I was too buzzing last night to care about the ball, to be honest. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, fixture. I thought Nat Pill, I think that's Woking Way, so it's a bit of a trek for you on a Tuesday as well, because normally FA Cup's on a Saturday. It was a bit of a, a difficult tie, but seeing you won 4 0, you know, knowing Kingy, he must, be, he must have been absolutely buzzing as well. Yeah, he was. It was a bit, a bit panicky before the game. I think we, we're all supposed to meet at uh, half six. But at the end two, M two five was closed or something. So me and Jack Packman, we went the long way around London. Didn't get there till about seven. Luke Eldridge, who scored the first goal, we got he got got here at eight and came on at half time and then scored. So it wasn't the best preparation. But I think in big games like that, it doesn't matter what preparation you need. You got the motivation to uh, go and win the game, and we've done that. So I suppose, I suppose you have to travel all separately, do you now? You can't go all go on a coach as well. So. It must be difficult, yeah. you know, getting everybody together. I know, yeah. We, uh, I think, with me and uh, Jack Paxman, we finished work and went straight there. But, uh, yeah, everyone came separate cars. What, but, uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, I do landscaping and building. Right. So, I, I've actually, I'm not starting until half ten today. My boss is a bit of a legend. Uh, Give me a bit of a lion, which is always handy because I'm not feeling... Uh, Today, that's for sure. How difficult is it that you know, you know, you had to go round the M25 working, then back up today. I, I presume days after scoring a hat trick, it's a thing, but it must be tougher, tougher for a standard non-league player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is always really hard. But I think, like, if you are a non-league player, you just love playing football, and like, you look forward to it. Don't matter how tired you are, like, you can't wait to play. So it, like, it has ups and downs. I know, especially doing the job I, I do, it's. Uh, I do have days where I'm a bit run down, a bit tired, but I'm always ready to play football, that's for sure. Yeah, I suppose, you know, having not played for six months as well, did you keep yourself fit over over the lockdown as well? Were you kicking your heels a bit? Yeah, no, I, I used lockdown to get fixed. Actually, uh, I pulled my hamstring in December and I didn't play and played since December. Right. So during lockdown, I spent basically the whole time running. I lost like a couple of stone. So. I've definitely benefited from lockdown and I, I just couldn't wait to play. I've been looking forward to this game, especially for the past couple of months. And how was it, you know, the full 90 minutes? Was everybody blowing near the end or is pre-season been good to get those uh, wind in your sails, so to speak? Uh, no, I think 
I think we're all pretty much the fittest we've ever been. Uh, we uh, we did work really hard last night. Though I, I was I was cramping up, and I'm definitely feeling it this morning. But the, the boys are really fit. The boys, uh, we had. Um, Dingy's been doing a lot of work with us, even during lockdown. Little group sessions with five, a lot of running, but it definitely paid off uh, last night. That's for sure. Yeah, back in well, the league starts on Saturday, and you you've got Beckenham at home. Always one of the sides at the. Um... Uh, top end of the table. Looking at the scaffold, yeah. we discussed it before. There's some absolute gold machines in who've joined the league this year. What, what do you think the expectations are for Deal? Uh, obviously, we're underdogs. I think Beckham done really well last year, but I think as a as a team and as a club, we're really aiming on the league this year. I think we've let ourselves down past couple of years, not finishing where we want wanted to. So we definitely need to get a result on Saturday. Uh, I know all the boys are. We're going to be up for it. We've got confidence coming in from yesterday. So I just really hope we get the result and uh, kick off a good league campaign. I presume everybody just can't wait for the league to start now again after last night. I oh, know, yeah, yeah. It, it really helps. We needed that bit of confidence. I mean, if we lost, I don't, don't know how we would be feeling today. Maybe not looking forward to Saturday as much. But uh, we, I think confidence is high and hopefully we can go get a result. And also the next round of the FA Cup... Brings a you know a decent Kent derby, sitting born a league above, you know they can yeah. but you know again a bit of upheaval. They've got a new manager just before the lockdown. Um, that's going to be a, a good tie for you, especially at home. Yeah, yeah, really, really looking forward to that good Kent derby. But um, look, we're, go- we're going into it underdogs, but on our day, I know we can we can we can beat anyone. We can compete with anyone. We just got to be clinical in the final third, defend really well, make no mistakes, and we'll always give a hundred percent. So. Hopefully we can get a result from that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we've all got our eyes on Saturday at the moment. So we've got to put the FA Cup to the back of our heads and uh, crack on for Saturday. That's brilliant. I have to say, Ben, are you living Broadstairs like myself? If I walk down Broadstairs High Street and I see a man walking 10 foot tall, is it going to be you? Yeah, probably. That will be me, yeah, definitely. I may be crawling. I mean, I'm, I'm, my legs are feeling it today. But yeah, no, it, I'm, a, I'm definitely buzzing today. That's a great interview, that, Matt, and I can tell it was a really memorable night for Ben. Yeah, he was, um, even when we had the chat sort of off the record as well, he, he used the word buzzing, you know, playing in the FA Cup, if you're a player, must be an absolute thrill, but to bang a hat-trick, and I liked his confidence, and I didn't know really know much about him, I, my mate Obi, I, I texted him and said about it, and he said he was a good player, uh, and, and he's, you know, he didn't know he'd been injured, he's come back, and he's hit the ground running, and a hat-trick... And I didn't really fancy Deal, to be honest. I think I've heard of, um, is it Nap Hill they played, wasn't it? Yeah. I've heard of them before. I'm sure that's the Awoking way. And I thought, that's a difficult tie. But they've gone there and done an absolute job on it. So I'm absolutely delighted. For, and I'm delighted for Ben because it's been a really difficult time for him from his injury. He's come in, bagged a hat-trick, and what a great time the next round. Yeah, and, and the things is you say about the FA Cup, and it is magical, and no one now can ever take away from Ben that he has scored a hat-trick in the FA Cup. And that is, you know, there's going to be lots of things going around, you know, players of the round and stuff, and he's got to be in the running of that because of his, his amazing feat there. And, and no, no matter what happens, when he, he can tell his grandkids, great-grandkids in, in ever many years' time, he can say to them, I scored a hat-trick in the FA Cup, kids. And that is something to be really, really proud of. Yeah, and hopefully he can get the match ball. He didn't... He... Okay, when I mentioned the question to him now, the, the COVID, do you actually disinfect a ball? Or they, do they have to actually puncture the ball after the game with these things from now rather than disinfecting it? Probably from that, shout out to James Tompkins. So we had him on the show, John. He likes a penalty save, didn't he? Saved yes. one in the first half. And that's a great result for, for Deal and Kingy as well. And as I say, confidence going ahead in the league games. And I think he made a really good point on that. He said, we mentioned there about the FA Cup last week, you know, being on a Tuesday, a long old trek, if you'd have lost that, then you've got, you know, a lot of these clubs are desperate for a cup run, aren't they? That little bit of money, a little bit of prestige. If before even your league start, start, season started, you've got out of the cup and you've got back at silly o'clock in the morning, it must be a real deflated, but much confidence that will give them going forward against them, Beckham on Saturday. But really great result for Deal Town. I'm delighted for Ben, um, fellow Broadstairs man. And I, and I did walk, wander down, Broadstairs High Street, but I didn't see anybody floating, so uh, uh, it probably is at work. 
No, but uh, fair play to his boss as well, who he described yeah. as a bit of a legend there for letting <laughs> him have the time off. And that's something that, you know, we, we, we kind of discussed before the sacrifice that people make. But that's a big effort for for him because he, he obviously couldn't do a full day's work yesterday. His boss let him have a bit of time off today as well. And, and they're doing all this, the, these players, for not making their millions playing non-league football. And, and it shows the commitment that these players have got to it and fair play to it, to all of the deal players who've made that long journey. Uh, and, and they've come back with a, a brilliant result. They've got to be thrilled with. Yeah. And I think traveling as well. You mentioned that you can't travel with a team, probably deal, you know, do it properly. would have got on a coach or at least a, a way to get the players all together with the, with the nightmare. They've all had to travel separately. And, and Obi said when he texted me, it was a good result because, you know, he mentioned some of the players didn't turn up just before kickoff. So a really, it's difficult. The love of non-league, but, you know, I'm sure when Ben finally went to bed last night, he was absolutely buzzing from that. And I, I hope he walked into work and he's bossed how did you get on? Well, just a hat-trick boss. That would have been uh, pleasing for him, but absolutely fantastic and great result for Deal. And, and again, great Great time. That's what the FA Cup's all about now. Them against sitting ball in the next round. And both sides can test each other. Yeah, I bet he also said, and you never believe it, but I got interviewed yeah. uh, after my hat-trick as well. So, but Somebody, somebody before even we knew he'd do it, somebody I know, texted me saying, oh, here you've got Ben Cardwell on the show. So he must have been, t- he's told somebody about it. <laughs> he was out, did he? I did not, no. Oh, so there you go. So the reputation of the Kent Non-League podcast of somebody texting me before it actually even rung somebody who knew he was coming on. It must be, if you're a non-league player, if you're going on the Kent Non-League podcast, you must be, as he was said, buzzing to be doing that. Absolutely. Elsewhere on Tuesday night, Tunbridge Wells left it late to beat Irith Town 1-0. Uh, a listener of this show at the game said the visitors were very unlucky to lose that game. A last-minute penalty uh, taking Wells through. Irith and Belvedere made it through as well by beating FA Cup debutants Kennington 1-0. A third skiffle side made it through by a solitary goal as Sheppey United beat Sutton Athletic thanks to Warren Fuller strike. Or Chatham also booked their spot in the next round after a 2-0 win at East Preston with recent signing Luke Rooney setting up both the goals. Uh, Phoenix Sports are sole Ismail League representative at this stage won an epic penalty shootout 11-10 after a 3-3 draw at Lansing. Now that must have been a night Matt. Oh uh, I love a penalty shootout. I know because in this one it go, there's no extra time is it? You go straight in to the uh, penalty straight away and again that probably helps a little bit of a team to do that. I think they probably should if you come this far you might as well do extra time but Straight in there, but penalty shootout, nerves on that. Again, the confidence you get from winning that and how deflated the losers must be on that, I have to say. Getting so I'll, close. But yeah, I'll tell you what, fun. we talk about the journey that Deal had to make. 68 miles each way but from Phoenix Sports to Lansing. So that is also a trek. <laughs> on a Tuesday, the, the, after the bank holiday, when the kids had just started back at school, that's a journey and a half, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fair play to them. Well, we have to play the joys of the FA Cup, and this is frustrating as well, isn't it? You've seen that the they've cut the money, haven't they, on the tournament as well? So I presume that the likes of these, they're never going to, you know, some of these clubs will be losing money if they've gone out of the competition. I know you get 375 quid, I think it is, for that. But some of these clubs, you know, once they've paid the players or expenses, etc., like that, the FA Cup's probably a non-runner for them this year, which is which is sad. I know there's reasons for it, but maybe the um, the FA Cup could have kept the money. There's not. There's, there's plenty of money rolling around in football, I'm sure, still. Exactly. There were defeats on Tuesday for Beersid, 5-3 at home to Peacehaven. Uh, Wellingtown lost 3-1 at Abbey Rangers. Glebe went down 3-1 in their clash with Whiteleaf. Lords were beaten 3-2 by Hamworth Villa. And K-Sports game with Staining Town was ended a few minutes early. Uh, the hosts were 2-0 down. When sports Tom Waldridge suffered a serious injury, had to be taken to hospital. Uh, the club have tweeted today to say that they hope to bring some good news soon about his recovery. And of course, we both send Tom our best wishes. Uh, get well soon and hopefully we'll be back on the pitch soon. But obviously, K-Sports uh, also out of the cup. Uh, the only other scaffold side to make it through on Tuesday night were Corinthian, who left it late to come from behind a bit Shearwater of the combined counties league by two goals to one. I started my chat with their manager, Michael Goldman, by talking about that game. But as I'm sure you all know, he's got something else looming on his mind this weekend. But here he is, Michael Golding. Yeah, no, really, really pleased to get the win. Um, and all credit to Shearwater, to be honest. They, they came with a very clear game plan. Um, and it was us, up to us to break them down. And, and, and we struggled in all I see that they worked incredibly hard. They defended with 10 men behind the ball. They had a couple of outlets. 
Um, and, and teams are going to do that this year. I think that's a, a mark of respect that the players have earned. And, and honestly, they, they were playing for time in the first half. They All they wanted, they had a centre-half with a, with a monster throw. Um, and they played for that and they had no attacking intent at all. Um, but we became a little bit predictable and one-dimensional in our attacks, which allowed them to get into their shape. So I think probably for a neutral, it was, it was a very interesting cup tie. Um, to be the manager of Corinthians last night was, was a little bit frustrating because I, I don't think we covered ourselves in justice, but probably with what's ahead, it was it was a little bit understandable, probably. But nice to get the two goals late on and get through and it gets some money in the, in the club's coffers, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the FA Cup, we're, we're not going to win the FA Cup, but any money we can claim back um, is it, brilliant. Obviously, there's a lot of costs that go towards running football clubs and even more so in these times with all the COVID rules and guidance that you have to follow. So anything that we can give back to the club there is, is obviously welcomed and, and there's no pressure on the boys because it ultimately doesn't matter to them in terms of what the club have and don't have. But, but it's always nice as a manager to give back to the club. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, t- the two late goals, it just keeps that momentum. We've had a really good pre-season. Um, we're really strong at home and, and it just, like I say, it keeps that momentum and, and to credit to the boys, they just didn't stop working. And we said to the boys, find a way to win. You have to find that way. And we've said that for a year or so now, two years. Uh, and last night they did and it, it didn't look like it was going to come and, and full credit to, to the players that they, they kept persevering. And in the FA Cup now, you've got New Haven, another team from your level. So you've got to go down there and think that's an opportunity, no? Yeah, it gives us a chance. Um, it's had that both sides will probably feel that the draw's been kind. Um, New Haven at home will, will obviously fancy their chances and, and we'll do our homework before then. Um, they've got a couple of home games that we'll, that we'll get down and see the pitch. Unfortunately, we've got games at the same time, so it'll be an external party rather than ourselves this time. But but we'll, we'll, we'll get to see them and, and we've already been on YouTube today trying to have a little look and see what else is out there. So we'll, we'll be as prepped as we can be. And, and if we play to our potential, it, it gives us a chance and that's all we can ask. Of course, before the FA Cup tie, you've got another game, which I think we should probably discuss. Um, the big one on Saturday at home to Heaven. I, I know you sent someone up to watch them last night. Have you had the reports back? Yeah, so Sam, my assistant, was up there. Um, um, we took the decision that one of us would go up there and, and it was me to start with and I've booked the train fare and was ready to get on the train to go up and watch and then things changed during the day and, and Sam ended up driving up there last night. So we caught up last night. We were on the phone till about half past two in the morning um, and then we've spoken again briefly this morning and we'll go out for dinner tonight and, and we'll have another chat and, and formulate a game plan. So we're in constant conversation with each other and all right, heaven is it's different because it's the FA VAR semi-final but, but we're like that with every team and every game. We're in constant com- communication as a management team but particularly Sam and myself um, we work really closely together so so we'll, we'll have a plan and, and they're a very good side they're the favourites the, of the competition for a reason um, but but we think there's something there for us to, to go and attack I, I suppose it's been a long time coming this tie and, and I guess excitement must be must be building you must be really looking forward to it yeah, I think with everything that we've, we've gone through in, in terms of just football related, taking out COVID and everything like that, obviously the frustrations of the null and potentially losing a, a cup final, the Ken Cup final against Sheppey. And then the FA the whole way through have been saying, yes, the Vars is going to happen. Yes, we're going to give you a date. And we were told that date would be given out in the middle of June. And then it didn't happen. And you, you get the dates for the FA Cup for the new season and the FA Vars. And, and hope just starts to dwindle. Um, to then get that call 10 days ago or a week ago now, close to that, it just gives you that spring in your step. And certainly when we told the boys, um, the group chat was, was buzzing and, and the training for the next couple of sessions was really, really good. And, and the boys trained well anyway, but you could tell that there was certainly an intensity that increased with the news of that. And I think it's fair to the boys to at least attempt to finish what we started. Um, I think the boys deserve that. And we're, and we're grateful that, that the FA are given this opportunity. And obviously the fact that you're at home, I'm guessing you're, you're much happier to be welcoming them down here than having that to, all of you make that trip up north. Yeah, it, it just gives us a chance, a slim chance. Uh, and like I say, they, they are the favourites for the competition. They'll be the favourites for the tie and, and they'll be heavy favourites, I would imagine. But it just gives us a fighting chance being at home. We know the pitch incredibly well. We have got very, very good home form. But having said that, we went away to Chatham and to Sheffield last year in the Vars and won. So we're not afraid of travelling, but but just having your home surroundings, you can keep the, the the pre-match the same. It's not staying in a hotel and it's a bit of an alien concept at this level of staying overnight. So we were prepared to do it. And, and when you 
92, 95 minutes away from Wembley, I think you do whatever you can. Um, so we, we were happy to travel. And part of me was thinking, well, let's go away. Let's have a, a crack at their ground and, and prove ourselves at that level. But but yeah, we'll, we'll certainly welcome them at home. And it, and it probably gives us a, a, a small outside chance of progressing. I understand you're allowed to have two new signings um, that, that haven't played for you before in the competition be registered. And it looks like you've got three or four new faces. So it's going to be a tough call for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, three new signings um, in, into the squad. Um, so unfortunately, one of those boys will potentially miss out. I mean, all three could, could miss out. We need to work out the squad now, but but I'd imagine it will be one of those boys, which, which is difficult. Um, and the boys that we've brought into the squad have been brought in because they're very good footballers. Um, and, and all three played a part last night in the FA Cup win. So they're not just here to make up the numbers. But yeah, the FA kindly released that guidance during the FA Cup game last night. And to be honest, we're happy with it. We know, obviously, it's disappointing for, for the three new players, potentially, but we've kept the majority of our squad. We, we place a huge emphasis on retention rather than going out and signing players. And, and we had a very good squad last year. We were the best squad in the league. We would have gone on to win the league. We've gone through all of that. So making it last year's squads, I think it keeps it on a level playing field. Um, I think there's still a few question marks in terms of can they be loan signings? When do those signings have to have been made by? Can we go out to the Dartfords and the Dovers and the Wellings and bring in two players? Not that we would, but other teams potentially are thinking along those lines. So I think two makes it a, a fairer playing field than under the trophy six potentially makes it a little bit unfair. And I think that would have tipped it even more in heaven's favour if it was six. Because I know they've, they've made five or six signings and, and it maybe hit them harder than it does us. Looking at the at the tie itself, obviously, I, I see you've had to put tickets on, on sale online and I, I just had a quick look, there's 15 left. But I guess there must have been a cost to the club to, to actually have to do all that. I, I think speaking with Sue Billings and, and Charlotte Billings, her daughter's worked incredibly hard on getting this fixture up and running. The costs are huge. Um, it, obviously, all the ground stuff has to be up and running anyway, but heaven and travelling down, we, we share the costs of their travel, of their hotel. You now can't travel as a team in one coach because of social distancing, so they have to travel in two coaches. So we're effectively paying for one of those coaches, whereas previously you'd pay for half a coach. Um, all the tickets are sold out. I know it says 15, but they're there for the dignitaries and the, the Kent FA bigwigs and whoever else decides to turn up. Um, we've got to try and we've sold 300 tickets to the public, and then we've, we're trying to limit. The, the directors and, and the other people to to a maximum of 50 tickets, which has been agreed by the FA um, and both sides. So it, it's brilliant. We could have sold, the t I'd imagine, five, six, seven, eight times over. We could have sold that um, with, with no real football. I know the scaffold starts on Saturday, but other than that, there, there's no football this weekend other than friendlies. Um, and I think if people wanted to see a, a good game of football, potentially between two very good sides, then I think we would have had a lot of people at, at Gaydon Farm this weekend. I, I guess the whole county is kind of going to be behind you, aren't they? Um, I'd like to think so. Um, I'm sure there's a few scaffold clubs and a few scaffold managers and fans that wouldn't like, wouldn't mind seeing heaven win. But I'd like to think that, that the vast majority would be rooting for a Kent side. And I think when you get to this stage, as we had with with Canterbury and Cray last year, we were in a fortunate, fortunate position that we had two scaffold sides. And I know Herm Bay have got to this stage before, and, I, and it's nice. And we've had well wishes and, and people are messaging us on Twitter and, and it's starting to become a little bit more realistic now but yeah I, I think I think there's a, the vast majority shall we say would like us to do well and just finally what would it mean to you if on at half past five on, on Saturday night you're a manager who's led Corinthians to Wembley I think it'd certainly get rid of the headache I've had for the last 10 days um, it's, yeah, it, it would be incredible. Um, I've, I've said the whole way through, the Vars is about me. Yes, it would be fantastic and it would be an honour to lead Crunian out at Wembley. But it's for the players, it's for the players' families, their girlfriends, their wives. It's for the people behind the scenes, the Sue Billings, the Charlotte Billings at the club that, that work so hard and, and don't get any praise. And, they, and we don't see what they do. But but they work incredibly hard. And, and for them, people, those kind of people, to have that day out at Wembley it's all about and the players getting that opportunity to play and, and we've got a big squad we've got a squad of 20 plus players so if we were to get there 11 players that start would love me and the players that are on the bench maybe not so much the players that are left out it's going to be heartbreaking for them so yeah, your mind starts to run away with all different scenarios but we've got a massive job on Saturday we, we know we are the underdogs and we probably have been for every round maybe other than Leighton Town who, who were the best side we've played all season or all of last season um, so we know that maybe the, the bookies or aren't always right 
Um, and like I say, we, we think that there's some weaknesses that we, we can exploit and, and I'm sure they will be saying the same about us. So I think it'll be a great game of football and hopefully it's, it's settled on a bit of skill or the play rather than a mistake or a bad decision. But yeah, we're really looking forward to it and, and it'll be an absolute honour to, to get to there. We'll talk about the FA Cup quickly from a from a Corinthian point of view. And, and he said there, it's good to get some money in the coffers, even though they don't obviously pay the players. Um, it's good to get some money in the, in, in the coffers and, and get through. And, and New Haven in the next round, another team at that level, they view that as an opportunity to, to progress again. Yeah, I, and I was checking the scores on the scaffold site. Brilliant job the scaffold site doing, getting the scores um, you know, so you can look at the scores. I saw they were 1-0 down. I think it was, you know, I think they scored about 62 minutes, the visitors. I think it was something like that. I thought, oh, maybe they got an eye on the cup. But then when I looked at it again, they won 2-1. What, how, many, how late were the goals there, John? 81 and 88, I think it was. Oh, scenes there. So, yeah. But uh, we say before, as we say, they've got the habit of winning football matches, Corinthian, haven't they? And they've probably got, haven't lost too many players from last season. And they're well drilled by Michael. You, you know, you, you wouldn't be if they'd gone out. You'd have said, "Oh, maybe they had the eyes on the FA Vars," but maybe that's the little bit of confidence boost as they go ahead on Saturday as well against Heaven, which is an absolutely massive game. But character shown by Corinthian, and they've got a good chance in the next round as, uh, as well. New Haven again, that's a trek, isn't it? So that's not that's on a Saturday, so that's not too bad. But an absolutely uh, fantastic result for them, and fingers crossed for the weekend. You know, Heaven they're the favourites to win the competition. I think so. You don't know what you're going to get. But it will be a, an interesting game, and I think it's it's an early contender for game of the season, John. We've only, and we've only had week two of the season, isn't it? Really, this one should have been played last year, but fingers crossed, concrete, they can do it and, and be kicking off at Wembley at the end of the month. Yeah, I think Michael said there. You know, he he, he says Heaven are the favourites. He, he knows it's going to be a tough tie, but they're at home. That's that's the big thing. You know, it's a one-off tie. And funny enough, not long after I was on the phone to Michael Golden, uh, I had a call from uh, Kent managerial legend Tommy Sampson, uh, and just having a general chat because uh, as we do every now and then. And he said to me, you know, it's an interesting one uh, with regards to. To, to Corinthian he said the difficulty is you don't have that second opportunity but I said to him in, in response to that but it's a one-off tie and if you're up against the team who are the favourites in a one-off tie and you're at home there's no reason for Corinthian to fear anything and, and as Michael said there the ruling is that you can bring in two new players who weren't registered to play for you last season he's got three new signings so it's going to be what, at least one of those is going to miss out. He did kind of indicate it might be all three um, who, who who don't make it because he's, he's got his settled team uh, and sort of see how we go. And, and and the way that Corinthian operated by keeping players and, and, and retaining their players does set them up because Heaven, uh, we don't know much about what they've done with their squad, but they could have lost a lot of players. They, they could have had changes, um, brought in new players who won't be able to play. So it just plays in their favour. And, you know... A, a, a smaller attendance than perhaps there might have been. I think that also plays into Corinthians' hands. And everything points to to being in Corinthians' favour, but they've got to take the game on and, and be professional and, and try and get a result because it isn't going to be easy. Heaven are obviously a very strong side. They won 4-1 uh, in the FA Cup on Tuesday night, a, a game, as Michael said there, that was watched by his assistant manager as well. Uh, but one thing you can't say is Corinthians have, haven't done their homework. They've prepped properly. They've gone up there, they've watched them, they know what they're all about, they know what they're going to expect. And and Saturday is going to be a fantastic day, I'm sure. And hopefully, fingers crossed, Corinthian can get the result. I think he put, he's probably done, knowing Michael as we do, he's probably done a lot of work on heaven when he was in lockdown about this. If it was coming back, knew in how they were going to play again, you have to, uh, you admire, it's a trek for his assistant manager to go up there, but he's watched it and they will be so prepared. I think, uh, you know, the home, you know, he must have, when that, when that, we knew you well, you knew they were at home before we recorded the pod, didn't he? But you couldn't say anything. But once you told me after the pod, that must give the Corinthian players a hell of a lift thinking, right, we're at home. We don't have to go anything out of our normal routine. We could just treat it as a game where Hebert have got to come all this way, probably have a late uh, stopover, et cetera, like that. Maybe puts them at a little disadvantage. I think the home advantage could be absolutely crucial for them. And, Real fingers crossed that they can actually get a result and be walking out of Wembley. Again, it's, I think they've got a chance because they don't lose many football matches, John, and I think that's absolutely key. 
And again, maybe the same for heaven, but I think the home advantage will be the key factor and uh, Corinthian are going to do it. Yeah, the other interesting thing there from that interview with Michael as well was how much it's actually costing Corinthian to put this game on because they've obviously had to pay to get the t- to have a ticket system put in place and and as you said there, which I hadn't considered, they've got to pay half the travel costs of of um, of Heaven down here and because of COVID they can't come in one coach so they've got so that's pretty much doubled for them as well so it is a commitment and and the money that they've earned from the FA Cup will actually help towards that but. It, it's going to be a fantastic day. And, and as he said there, and I really like that sentiment, you know, it's not about me. It's about the players, their family and all the people behind the scenes uh, at Corinthian who, who work so hard uh, for that club. And we wish you massive, massive luck on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, I'd, I'd have loved to have been there, but I've got other commitments uh, on Saturday. So, um we really, really hope that come five o'clock on Saturday, we, we've got a team at Wembley, a, a, for the second year running, effectively, uh, a, a, t- a Kent team reaching the FA Vars final. And that would be absolutely fantastic. So massive, massive, massive good luck to Michael and everybody at Corinthian. Yeah, yeah. I'll be keeping an eye out on the on the Scaffold website when I'm at the game on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to, and fingers crossed they can do it. I, I take it, does that go, is that straight to penalties as well? Do we know on that? I don't know about that. I'd imagine there must be extra time in that because it's a, such a big game. But uh, yeah, I, I would imagine it would go to extra time. But you never know with the FA. I think they've made a lot of this up or they've gone along, haven't they? Well, yeah. So but fantastic. This, um, yeah, good luck for them at the weekend. And what a, what a good start of the season it will be if we get a Kent side at Wembley in the first week of the season. That'd be brilliant. Be brilliant. Yeah. Back quickly to the FA Cup and a bit of housekeeping. Uh, as we heard Michael say, Corinthians re- reward us a trip to New Haven in the next round of week on Saturday. And we already know that Deal will host Sittingbourne. Uh, the other sides went through last night. Tunbridge Wells will now face either Marlowe or Beckenham, who meet on Wednesday night. Uh, Irith and Belvedere will host Alfold, who thumped Shoreham 9-1 on Tuesday. Sheppey will be at home to Ismail League South Central Uxbridge. Uh, Chatham will travel to face some of your lot, Matt. West side of the Combined West Counties side, League West Division side. 1. Uh, the club was established in May 1996 as a Christian club representing Westside Church in Wandsworth. Oh. Uh, they beat Billingshurst 2-0 uh, on Tuesday night to, to get through. Uh, and Phoenix Sports will take on East Grinstead. Uh, in the next round uh, a couple of other little bits other Kent teams had their preliminary round opponents confirmed uh, Seven Oaks Town will take on CB Hounslow United after they beat Banstead 6-1 uh, and Faversham Town will be at home to Eastbourne Town who beat Salt Dean 3-1 on Tuesday night some games on Wednesday night Hollands and Blair travel to Collier's Wood uh, Canterbury meet Guildford. I just said Marlow against Beckenham and an all scaffold tie as well uh, when Stansfeld meet Punjab United so hopefully there'll be more Kent teams uh, booking their spot in the preliminary round of the FA Cup. The scaffold itself kicks off on Saturday with a full programme of fixtures. Wellingtown, who were due to be without a game, have filled the void of Corinthian uh, and they will travel to face Canterbury City. Uh, the other games on Saturday, Ballam make their scaffold debut against Hollands and Blair. It's Bearstead against Tower Hamlets. As I just said, Canterbury against Wellingtown. Deal Town against Beckenham Town, as we've already heard. Irith and Belvedere against Chatham Town. Irith Town against Sheppey United. Glebe against K-Sports. Lordswood against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, and Punjab United against AFC Croydon. Uh, while Crowborough Athletic meet Fisher in a game which doesn't have any teams with Kent postcodes, uh, which we know is my uh, my number one way of checking these things out. Uh, full programme of midweek fixtures as well in the Premier Division. K-Sports against Deal Town on Monday. On Tuesday, AFC Croydon against Irith and Belvedere. Beckenham against against Glebe, Chatham against Punjab, Corinthian against Lordswood, uh, Sheppey United against Canterbury City, and Tunbridge Wells against Bearstead is also Fisher against Ballam uh, that night. And then on Wednesday night, Hollands and Blair host Crowborough and Tower Hamlets uh, take on Welling Town. Uh, uh, how many goals will be <laughs> in those games? Oh. Yeah, it's going to be around that sort of mark, isn't it? But I suppose now's a good time to put you on the spot. Who's, who wins the scaffold? You can't look any... You know, sorry, Michael Golding. You've got, to, you've got to fancy Chatham with the players they've got, the manager they've got, um, the backing they've had. You know, I think if, if they do well, the crowds will be good if crowds can come back in. So for me, it's going to be Chatham. I think Sheffield, but there'll be Corinthian up there. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm hardly... Uh, being brave here by saying this, but for me, it's going to be Chatham, but I think it will be a very competitive division. Yeah, I, I think it is hard to look past Chatham, but you can never rule out Corinthian. You can never rule out Sheppey, and you can also never rule out Beckenham, uh, who've been a consistent team up there uh, in this in this division for 
the last well ever since we've started doing the podcast so it's just a matter of if they can get there and, and someone always comes from the pack as well a glebe or a canterbury you just yeah. never know what's going to happen but it's going to be a fantastic division what about the other end who, who do you think is going to finish bottom which we understand uh, that there's 14 leagues at that level up and down the country uh, and 12 the worst 12 on points per game will be relegated so there is a relegation spot um, it, up for grabs, if, if that's the right terminology, from the Premier Division. Who, who, who do you think is going to be looking over their shoulders, Matt? Uh, you know, Punjab, hopefully they've learned from last season. It was a bit of a um, test for them, wasn't it? They've struggled, but they've managed to come out of it. You look at it, well, Crowe were pretty... Crowe, when we first started this pod, they were the big spenders, but they're struggling a little bit from there. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Crowe, bro. We don't, we don't know what... Uh, Tower Hamlets are like all these other sort of sides, do we? That's the other thing. Exactly. I'm wondering about Tower Hamlets and Ballum, just thinking, do they know what what's coming? You know, are, are they sort of in? Are they going to find it a, a different way of operating when they move over to this division? I think that's going to be quite difficult for them. Uh, so they come from the levels, have they? Yes, they have. Like, yeah, they've come from sideways. So it's interesting to see, you know, the catchment area they have. Um, there'll be players there, it'll be strong physical sides, I would have thought. Um, be interesting to see if the quality of we always we talk about the vase in this, don't we? We don't know how strong the scaffold is. From what we gather, it's a strong league. It'll be interesting to see. We'll look out how Ballam and Tower Hamlets get on because they could be they could be brilliant and, and surprise a lot of teams. We've got no idea, but maybe after the first week of the season, the first first game and the midweek game. We'll know a little bit more, I would have thought. So Yeah, yeah well, Tower Hamlets went out of the cup last night at Langney Wanderers, uh, who aren't one of the strongest teams in the Sussex League. So that may be a right. uh, a bit of a, a an indicator of where they sit. Uh, but, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these teams progress because it is one of those... Um, one of those things, really, and, and it is an unknown quantity. And I suppose that does make it difficult... Um, for them to, to 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 move into this division because especially there may be some uh some sort of level of traveling involved uh, uh that they may not be used to it and you say it is always the uh the thing i mean tower hamlets do you know what i'm going to stick my neck out and say they're going to find it hard because uh they've obviously been transferred across from the essex league uh and at the end of the season they were second from bottom in that league so maybe they're my whipping boys are you I'm not saying whipping boys, but I'm just saying that, you know, they were in the Essex Senior League uh, and there's not a lot of teams in there that we're that well. Sporting Bengal United have got a bit of Kent's uh, history yeah. and they were uh, above them uh, by four by three points and, and four positions. So probably safe to say that Tower Hamlets may find things a little bit tough. And noticeably, I'm just looking at, at some of the results from last season. They, they found it really hard to win games at home. And obviously, they'll move to a different home stadium. Yeah. So I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them, I think, unfortunately. Uh, well, interesting. Again, all we've just said over the last five minutes could be completely blown out of the window by them yeah. being from that. But that's what we love about the scaffold. <laughs> I'm expecting goals. And again, if you, if you um, follow this pod, you must love football. Go on the Scaffold website. Brilliant information on there. Anything Live like, updates like, of scores as well. Perfect. Perfect site. I'm, again, and I'm looking out for my people I know. Bradley Baker, my mate's nephew, who's playing for Deal. Um, uh, Josh, who's playing for Canterbury. Obi, if he, the old man of the lot, if he can get himself fit, um, we'll be getting there. But um, yeah, so we're looking out for the players I know. And uh, if anybody from those leagues wants to come on the pod, you're more than welcome. Come on and we can have a chat with you. So Yeah, we'd love players. it. Go down there. Yeah. Yeah, do get in touch with us. And also, uh, yeah, anyone. And, and see, so we said Tower Hamlets, you're playing in Kent. So do feel free if, if anyone out there would like to come on and tell us that you're not going to uh, find it hard and, and what your hopes and expectations are. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the First Division just got games on Saturday. Uh, I've done some double checking over postcodes during the summer as well, just to firm up completely who fits into my Kent postcode criteria. And all of these fixtures this weekend do include at least one genuine Kent team. So it's FC Elmstead against Croydon. Greenways against Bryden Ropes, Kennington against Holmesdale, Lidtown against Stansfeld, Meridian VP at home to Sutton Athletic, Rochester United against Forest Hill Park, Rustall against Kent Football United and Snodland Town against Lewisham Borough. Uh, division 1 again, Matt, is going to be a, a wide open division. I think Rochester have just changed manager. Uh, interesting, but who's your, your tips there, mate? Snodland Town. 
got no, I, I don't. I don't. Again, once give me a couple of weeks to look in the season. Who was who did well last season there? Kennington are up there, aren't they? Kennington, yeah, I've, I fancy Kennington to to, uh, yeah, to win the league. But yeah. do you know what? I think Snodden's not the worst possibility. So obviously we had their manager on, didn't yeah, we, Luke? Yeah. Uh, he's brought up all these players who've done so well in the league below, and it'll be really interesting to see how they get on. Uh, starting, of course, with that game against Lewis and Barra on Saturday. Uh, so we'll look forward to seeing how how they progress over over the over the coming weeks. And like Matt says, by the end of September, we'll probably have a an idea of who's going to be the really strong teams and who's going to be the really weak teams. But uh, if it, someone was doing odds, I'd probably go on a double of Chatham Town and Kennington as my pair to uh, to do well. I'll be uh, scouring the goal scoring as well, because I always look out for these players and there'll be somebody who would have bagged in goal after goal. You think, oh, we could do a job up the high. Look, you know, goal scorers are like a fine wine, aren't they? You could get one of them and you can enjoy them. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking out for the goal scorers of those on that. Yeah, the Skeffel site, brilliant. Live updates, great site. So, fair play to them to keeping us informed. Yeah, elsewhere around the county then. So uh, Dover Athletic played their first friendly last night. And at one point, they was it 10 trialists you had on the pitch? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we've used a lot of trialists um, this summer. So well, I don't think we didn't use, apart from the keeper, Ratton and coming of the new sign-ins, um, they haven't been, none of the old school have been used. A, I don't know because they don't want to play or B, for that reason. So I don't, I'm going to the Margate Dover game on Saturday. So... We'll find out a little bit for more, but yeah, it's it's a good good it's a clean sheet, it's a win, and um, hopefully, Mr. One of the trialists or numerous trialists could be doing a job. But it's still, you know, you're still four weeks away from the national league to start, so which is a long old time, isn't it? So there'll be plenty of work done between now and then from Andy Hesson Taylor. So we'll see how it goes, but at least have a look at them. And looking forward to going setting foot in a, a football ground on Saturday against Margate and Margate. Not having the greatest pre-season. And, of course, their season's coming a little bit quicker than, you know, they'll be back starting the following week, isn't it? The 12th, is it? Or the 19th? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, um, yeah, interesting to see how it goes on. But, yeah, win for Dover. There you go. Take that. I'm going to piss this league, John. You can beat that bit out. <laughs> um, <laughs> genuinely, just, he's always like this. I hear, if I, I say that phrase so many times, he gets so carried away, bless him. Um, do you know anything about any? I don't expect you to give me any names, but do you know anything about any of these trialists? Are, are, are there any cop? Uh, I know a couple of names, but I'm not going to give out. One of them has got high pedigree in um, academy football, uh, under 23 football with a, pre, with a top Premier League side. So it um, hasn't worked out for him. He's played with some England internationals. They've got somebody who was with them when they were with. Um, Chris Kinnear a few years ago didn't really play, but he's been bouncing around the houses and um, from there. And the rest, I've got no idea, really. Um, but yeah, there's, a, as we, there's a lot of players who have been released from football clubs who've either from the academy system or played lower league, the leagues above, who are out of the job. So there's plenty of players, I think, who would be available for David. It's just... In the money situation, we saw the signings they've last week. They've gone with youth. Are they keeping money back to, to bring in a little bit of experience? I'm sure they're going to use the um, loan system as well. But they, one of them has got very high pedigree um, for from, a, from an ex-Premier League club in the under-23. So, But there's a big difference between under-23 football in the Premier League, I would have thought, and the rough and tumble of the National League. So let's just see how it goes. Yeah, we did just incidentally say that Margate start their season on the 12th. They don't. It's, it's actually on the 19th. No. Uh, and the fixtures for the Eastman League were released last week. And I'm just looking down them now. I didn't realise. Opening day of the season, the 19th of September, Worthing against Folkestone Victor. Now, that was two of the teams who were right at the top when that season came to an end. But we'll obviously discuss that uh, in due course. The National League, uh, meanwhile, will be announcing their fixtures next Tuesday. So, uh, Matt Gerrard, you'll be planning your, your winter, won't you? Yes, it'll be interesting to see. I have done half my spreadsheet, John. So I did do the um, Folkestone and Margate and, and Cray fixtures in my spreadsheet. So um, Very good. Well, so next week, it'll be complete because all the other fixtures are out when everybody plays. I've seen the National League are playing loads of games in the Christmas. And as, of, as is the um, Isthmian League, which is good to see. So, yep. Yeah. Okay, it's still a long way for the National League. Everybody else is starting, but four weeks is still a bit of a... A long way to it's go. It's a month today, it, isn't so. it? So we're on oh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, so, September. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so long way to go yet. Yeah, but um, 
yeah, look, hopefully nothing is ended. But you know, you look at places up again, like Bolton and places. Yeah, we're going back to the Corona situation, but certain places in lockdown. Can you can you bring in a football team to play? I honestly don't know. If, Who knows? If but no, looking. Yeah, so I'm looking at this. Is like normally the beginning of July now, isn't it? Yeah. So and see where you would know check where you were. So there's still a long way to go for all our National League sides, and including one of our National League sides made a signing today. Their first signing, John, I think, which I means. All the National League sides made a signing. Do you know about this one? Uh, I didn't. I, I had an exit from Bromley, but I didn't uh, on my list. But I didn't have a signing, so hit me. They they brought Liam Trotter. Oh, you remember midfielder, only thirty-two. Yeah. I think he's well, been Ipswich, um, Millwall. Yep, Millwall. Yep, good player in the midfield. Good competitive midfield player. They lost Adrian Clifton, who I do like. Always he had injury problems at Bromley, but he's a battering ram of a centre forward. You know I like my battering rams. You do. A centre forward, centre forward. He's a, but they brought Liam Trotter. He's been playing in America, AFC Wimbledon. Good player at that level. And I thought, oh, I'll just check his age. I thought, oh, he must be 34, 35. Only 32 in August. So really good signing. And we we know they lost Josh Reese to Aldershot, and maybe Neil Smith and Bromley have been playing their cards very close to their chest. I know there's a statement come out from the chairman today about they have to increase prices, but they've given Neil Smith the same budget as last season. And we know what Neil Smith did a great job up to just around um, January time with uh, some really good players. And if he can add to that after losing a few, I'm sure they're going to be up there. So it will do, at least be successful. So keep an eye out for Bromley. Been very quiet, but I think uh, wheels have been turning behind the scenes there. Liam Trotter, surely the first man ever to swap Orange County F- uh, SC for Bromley, I would imagine, uh, in his... Uh... It's a programme, isn't it? Orange County. Isn't yeah. Television program, it? I think oh, it was a film, wasn't it? Is that, yeah. Is that, is that, is that, where is it? It's like Los Angeles somewhere. I believe so, yeah. Nice. So... Oh. Yeah. Clearly anyway. you can do it on... Yeah, but, but, but again, very... Uh, doing our geography much this, this week's pod but yeah orange county to bromley yeah i wonder uh actually we've got a listener out that way miles in san diego are you anywhere near that miles let us know you're 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 very keen to get in touch with us on on twitter so do let us know uh if is if, orange county as nice as it sounds yeah very nice yeah that's the that's the question miles so do let us know uh Ebsfeet united have got a striker in at last reese grant from dagenham redbridge has come in but they've had a change upstairs steve lovell has left his role uh, as director of football so uh, all changed there but I don't know about you Matt have you seen Ebb Street's new kit uh, I haven't Do you like it's it? a, a new balance number I'm a big fan of new balance I, I've had their cricket bat uh, was, my, was my last cricket bat of choice and do you know what I think those Ebb Street kits were a little bit on the sexy side so uh, if I was an Ebb Street fan I'd be I'd be all over them not smart simple no messing about not all like those horrific england kits that were released the other day they are just red white and the away one is white with black trim nice kits big fan doing good work behind the scenes absolutely uh, i know steve lovell well my too many cooks come to mind when they brought in uh, dennis katrib and the other players in maybe steve lovell wants to get back into the dugout i'm sure he's recommended a few of the signings he's used them before but maybe a natural end of that arrangement. Um, and Ebbsfleet will go on from there. Got the striker they need. I went on their website because I did check. Um, and Matt Davison texted me and I said, oh, I've got Ebbsfleet for what kind of players. And his concern was they didn't have any strikers. And I went on their website yesterday and they didn't have any on the old player profiles. No strikers. They brought in um, Reese Grant. Well, he's been a bit around the house around the National League. So um, National League South, a chance for him to rebuild. But strong, strong squad. Ebbsfleet uh, um, are building together. Um, but now without a director of football, will they replace him? We'll have to wait and see. No, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that does happen. Uh, obviously, Matt, you're going to see Margate on Saturday, uh, beaten 4-0 uh, by Faversham on Tuesday night. And I, we've talked before about the, the, the Margate fans on Facebook and how uh, they're very quick to find a crisis, but I've never seen them quite in uh, cri- full-on crisis mode before the season's even started, two and a half weeks before the season starts. But if you go on that on that Margate supporters page on Facebook at the moment, things aren't looking particularly happy uh, for them. Uh, and it looks like they're saying they've got the right sort of manager in. They've got a manager they all want to they, they all want to support, but they're worried that he's not being backed by the board. Um, th- th- there's a few things going on there that they're trying to make something happen, but. I know pre-season results don't count, but they've had a lot of really poor results so far this month and they're going to want to, they've got to pick that up before the season starts. 
Yeah. Um, Jay Saunders knows players at that level. Maybe it's a struggle to get players, if they're training at uh, Hartsdown Park, which I think they are at the moment, is to get players, well, if, if they're not, please, somebody let me know about that, but get players down. They use the trial system. They've got a couple of players in. Um, normally, Jay Saunders brings in, he's, he's brought in a couple of players he's worked with before. The, the manager, the assistant manager's come in, hasn't he? So they'll be working together from there. But it doesn't really matter um, about the pre-season. Again, losing 4-0 at Faversham, no disrespect to Faversham, will be a bit disappointing for Margate. Um, but I think things are going on behind the scenes. And we've said before, John, if they'd done a little bit, 10%, 15% of the money invested into the ground when they had all that money rather than going to the playing surface, they'd probably be in a better position than they actually are now. So maybe as a Margate fan, I'll have a look at them on Saturday. I'll give you my viewpoint from there where, where you think they are. Cause I say only a couple of weeks away from the season, but um, yeah, Margate fans, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster being a Margate supporter, isn't it? But um, they just got to make sure that, they're going in the right direction. They've got the right manager in charge. Just maybe just have to, you know, are they expecting promotion, these guys on the, on the, um, on the, on these boards? I don't know, but I just think they're expecting not to lose four nils for Faversham. Uh, well, yeah, but, but it's all forgotten. If the first game of the season, I don't know, I can't remember who they've got. Uh, they, yeah, they could, away. Yeah, if they win their two nil, everybody's forgotten about Faversham away. So keep the faith, keep the faith gate fans. I'm sure um, Jay Saunders definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I'm sure Matt, Matt will get some uh, some interview from a, a Margate bod as well uh, when he's there on Saturday. If not, I will uh, I will wrap his knuckles. A uh, few few transfer movements knocking around in the Eastman League South East as well. Uh, Kane Rowland has gone to, from Ramsgate to Sittingbourne. Ramsgate having uh, brought in Roman Campbell, who's a player who's been around uh, the, the, that sort of East Kent area. Uh, in recent seasons, so allow freeing up Kane Rowland to return to Sittingbourne, uh, and which would have brought in much travelled Luke Medley as well, who's, who's He's played a lot in the Scaffold. He's played a lot in the Isthmian League. But yeah, it's it's nice to see these these clubs are all moving to bring in some strikers because again, we we want to see goals, don't we? Yeah, I think Kane Rowland's been around the house, hasn't he? A good um, centre forward at this level. Luke Medley, he's, he's played. I think he's played for Welling and he played on trial at Dover a few years ago. So players that know this level, they bounce for bounce from club to club, but they do know where the back of the net is and. As we know, a bit like the Scaffold, the Isthmian South East Division is a division that will be dominated by the sides who can score a lot of goals. Um, and that's key. You've got players who know how to do it, know where the onion bag is. Yeah, exactly. And also uh, more transfer news in the Isthmian League South East, which happened today. Uh, Hythe Town have announced the signing of Dean Beckwith, uh, centre-half, who was at Havenham Waterlooville uh, last season, having also played for Sutton, had a brief loan spell at Maidstone. Uh, and obviously started his career at Gillingham. So he'll be a, a, a good signing for them, even though uh, he is 37 in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, a, a, a good signing for, for Hyde. That, and Hyde probably doing their business quite quietly, but building a squad with, with plenty of experience and, and some good youth players as well, I think, Steve Watt. Yeah, Beckwith, you know, he, he was he was tasty. For, well, decent player for Sutton, big, strong, physical defender. Went to have him with Doswell. That's the kind of players that... Um, I think that Steve Watt can attract. And I, I would have thought that Hyde, with a very experienced side, if he can mix a little bit of youth in there as well, I think they'll um, be doing doing quite well. But that's a really good good signing there. I think Hyde will be uh, one of the sides will be uh, up there. I'm looking, I think they'll do all right. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's uh, that's the football chat. Matt Gerard. How how are you, apart from uh, everything? Are you continuing your in-out furloughing, aren't you? Shaking it all about? Yeah, I'm, I'm still week on week. Well, Worked yesterday and then three days off and then week, ne- work next week from that. But again, it's I, I can fully understand. We're not going to go into words and words, but I can fully understand why the company's doing it. So, um, wife's giving me a few jobs to do the next couple of days because the kids, my uh, the daughter goes back to school tomorrow. The other one's been back for a week. So, um, yeah, it's it's frustrating, but it's not much I can do about it. If it's um, eventually everything will be hopefully back to normal. So. Um, we can do it. It's just got to make sure I'm not too bored. But we've got I've got an interview lined up for the next week's show already tomorrow, John. So that's um, plenty enough on the uh, in the pipeline for me to do. Absolutely. Uh, how was your Broadstairs Bank holiday? It was, it was odd having no football on this August Bank holiday weekend, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, the weather on Saturday was atrocious, wasn't it? So we didn't didn't do too much Sunday. We're doing a lot of walking, really, because we went on holiday. And we did a lot of walking. It wasn't good. And we're doing a lot of walking around about now. The weather wasn't too bad on uh, the weekend. So, yeah, it's just sort of 
the build up now when we got back from holidays, getting the kids back to school, and now it's a week since we come back, and now it's yeah, back into the we're back into the old routine from February, which is making sure the kids got their bits and pieces and things like that. So hopefully the bit normality is coming. But apart from that, now he's just sort of normally footballs. You know, you're middle of the season, midweek games coming up. But there's a few games coming up I'm going to try and get to. So, yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. We do with the weather cheering up a little bit. We've still got a couple more weeks of the beach up. But um, what I will say, when you go to Cornwall, we went to Cornwall in Bew down there. They're a bit more tougher than the people in Kent because it could be like horizontal rain and there's still loads of people on the <laughs> beach with their um, uh, you know, windbreaks and deck chairs sitting on the beach. Just like doing it, we're doing it. With their outside their beach houses, but no, if you chuck a little drop of rain in broad says nobody's on the beach, everybody gets off. So, a bit tougher in uh, in Cornwall from that because we saw these people there and said, if this was a back at home and it was raining like this, there'll be no way we would be down the beach. So, but hopefully, the, the weather can improve a little bit because we've got a couple more weeks left of the beach out, which will which will improve from there. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I had a busy back and cold weekend. We had our god kids down uh, from up north, so that was uh, tiring, entertaining. Went to a farm on Monday that was basically a child's play area, but with some animals nearby uh but that was good Social fun distancing was it with the animals or the animals don't care i think the animals are fine you could you could feed the animals and stuff but obviously yeah social distancing from other people but uh it's not exactly uh easy to social distance uh, a two-year-old uh so but we we had we had some really good fun actually it was a really nice weekend and even though they've gone now the house feels really quiet as so uh yeah it's kind of getting back to a bit of normality i've got uh all my uh international football is back this weekend uh with uh with my my other freelance job and i will give you the exciting fixtures you see i, I could be i could have on saturday gone to see corinthian instead i'm doing nations um, league. the uefa nations league would you like to know some of the thrilling football that's coming my way uh from tomorrow onwards when it starts tomorrow, is it? It starts tomorrow, yes. Uh, there is a, a lots of really good fixtures tomorrow. There's also the game I'm covering, which is Ukraine against Switzerland. Um, and then on... Uh, both qualify for the Euros, though. Yeah, yeah. And then on Friday, uh, I have the joys of Romania and Northern Ireland and Scotland against oh. Israel, which are both on at the same time. Uh, Romania, on... Northern Ireland, Romania and Northern Ireland has got nil-nil written. <laughs> or Northern Ireland can't score. Yeah. And Romania... I've got Haji. The Haji's fun played, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So nil nil that one. Yeah. Scotland, uh, Scotland won his round nil. Yeah. Uh, I've also on Saturday. I mean, I've got I've got some all right games as well. But on Saturday, uh, I have picked up the absolute snorter that is Estonia against Georgia. Georgia, my favourite international team because of the name of my daughter. Yeah. Hang on a second. I don't know where your phone is. My <laughs> waving at me, saying, "Where's my phone?" Because he seems to have lost it. So there you go. So if you could hear a phone ringing in the background, it's there. So just wandering around. That phone. No, so Estonia, Georgia. Did any two all? I hope so, because at least any, anybody, anybody in, the, in the English game play play for it's, any of those two? Well, I'm assuming. Oh, has got to be in goal still. Well, yeah, and I'm assuming that Georgia King Cladsey still plays for, for yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I would do your homework based on that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. If Mark Poom's not there, I'm, it's going to be absolutely thrown out, isn't it? Yeah, well, Mark, well, Mark, yeah, what, what a, he was a decent keeper. I liked him. He was. I remember, he scored that goal, didn't he? Against was it against Derby? He scored. Did he? Yeah. He, Towering he, header. Yeah, he, 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 he was. He was. A, he was a big. He was a big. Mark Poom. He must be. I reckon he still must be. He must be the goalkeeping coach because he's the only one from Estonia. Anyway, he's done anything. Oh, I'll tell you what, you've got to Google that. Mark Poom's header uh, for Sunderland against his former club, Derby. He has leapt probably about six foot sideways and up in the air to meet that and thumped it in from the edge of the six-yard line. He was in one of those weird situations as well because he sprinted back to the goal. I don't think he really wanted to celebrate because it was against his former club. So oh, I'd be giving it large on that. What I was watching the other day, he was... Um... Changing subject, I was watching Ian Botham smash sixes against Australia. This is back in 1985, and, and he was out. And the best thing about it was that uh, then uh, uh, Jeff Thompson, the uh, man who caught him on the boundary, turns around and just does the two fingers to the crowd. And then, of course, none of the commentators just don't, just don't even mention it. Of course, if anybody did that now, there'd be like uproar and things like that. But it was just the way he just turned around and went 
after he caught it. So yeah, sometimes um, what, life's what better. Job life. Did you just say you think Mark Poom has? Got to be the goalkeeping coach for Estonia. You are exactly correct. He is uh, currently the goalkeeping coach of the Estonian national football exactly, team. Exactly. Yeah, but that's. I'd be disappointed if he wasn't. <laughs> I'm just. And then let me know what you can do a scouting report on the latest goalkeeper for Estonia. Okay, well they've got three of them in the squad. Uh, we've got Arta Kotenenko, uh, who plays for FCI Levadia. Uh, Arta is older than I am uh, and I has 27 not. caps. Um, he's just celebrated his um, 39th birthday. And the other two goalkeepers haven't got a cap between them, but one of them is on the books at Arsenal, Carl Jakob Hein, apparently. Uh, okay. The rest of the uh, Estonia squad, who I will be watching on Saturday, uh, there are some... Uh, oh, there's a, oh, there's another goalkeeper there who's been called up to the squad, but he's injured. Uh, Matt Vai Igunen. Um, but there's not a lot of players from outside uh, the Eastern European area in that squad. There is one fellow who plays in Italy, uh, one in Denmark, Norway. Yeah, not not great. And let's have a quick look at the Georgia team as we're here because, you know, we might as well. Gladsy must be the coach. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the head coach is Vladimir Weiss, who is, I believe, the father of the Manchester City uh, the one-time Manchester City bloke who played for Slovakia. Uh, he oh. played in the 1990 World Cup for, uh, for Czechoslovakia. Oh, right. um, I like that. It's a good team, that was. Thomas Gerrave. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, let's have a quick look at the Georgia squad. This is really interesting listening for everybody, isn't it? Uh, there's hardly anyone you'd have ever heard of in that squad. Um, so, And Georgia Kinkladze not listed. What's he up to these days? Uh, anyway, I'm going to worry about George Kinkladze and his, uh, and his uh, existence. Uh, I'm going to let everybody else go because I don't think anybody else needs to uh, needs to listen to this. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say what he's up to. Uh, he finished his career at Ruben Kazan. That's all we. That's all we really know about what he's been up I hope, to. Hopefully he's living his life and he's about twenty five stone. <laughs> I reckon he's the sort of bloke who could easily could be. Yeah, I reckon he just wears an ill fitting shell suit and wanders around like he owns Georgia, which he probably does. Well, exactly. He probably has the freedom of the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, good luck to you, George King. Yeah. I, I hope you're well. Uh, and of course, thank you everybody for listening to this week's Kent Only podcast. Uh, we special Estonia Georgia uh, edition, and be sure to find out uh, how that game goes next week. Don't forget to get in touch with us on social media at Kent NL Podcast is where you'll find us on Twitter, on Facebook. Just search for Kent Only Podcast, and we will appear. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, we always love to hear from our listeners, so do please get in touch. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you ever so much uh, to both of our guests this week. And congratulations again to Ben for his hat-trick. And obviously, huge good luck to Michael and everybody at Corinthian for their big game on Saturday. And you'll hear from us next week how that game has gone. Hopefully, we'll be planning for a trip to Wembley. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. And we will speak to you all next week. I'm finally going to a game on Saturday. Hurrah!